0: This is I Will Hunt. I'm your host, Rudy Getzig. I will be interviewing folks in my quest to learn how to hunt. I know I have a lot to go over, and you can learn with me. Listen in. Do I have what it takes? Will I hunt? I will
1: hunt from the heartland to the shore. And I may not
0: find nothing and my rifle turns to rust.
1: I will
0: hunt. So we just we just talked to an episode which which ended sort of briefly. I, I kind of forget how it ended because my daughter got sick at school and I I had to bail out. I'm like Chris, I'm out of here. <laughs> right. uh, it, it was a fun discussion, and um, you got some good news uh, in between then and now. So I did I, did. I did.
1: Like got a got an email from Watch State Fishing Game and got drawn for uh elk multi-season i didn't get drawn for deer so i put it for both and uh what that basically means is uh there's a draw you pay x amount of dollars you get put in you know the raffle or whatever and uh what multi-season means is we have three seasons in washington right so we have modern firearm and then we have muzzleloader and then we have archery and uh you have to pick uh one or the other uh, for uh, for especially for elk because you got to pick each side of the state for elk. Like for for deer, it's the whole state. Like you get to hunt modern anywhere in the state or muzzle muzzleloader anywhere in the state. Um, but but deer, it's either or or uh, elk. Excuse me. So I was kind of t- I was kind of torn. Like all right, you know where do I want to hunt? Because I got a bunch of buddies that hunt Eastern Washington, and I've hunted Eastern Washington before, and it's it's a lot of fun it's a totally different hunt from western washington you know and the we but we have roosevelt elk on this side which is super awesome uh but the uh they're just they're just they're so different and there's and there's you know different groups of guys and and i'm always kind of like i said i'm torn a little bit so i've never been drawn for multi-season i you know i had i think i had f- five or six points which means i put in for five or six years and i didn't put in every year um so you know, I I bet you I've probably been putting in for like ten years or something. You know, t- total time frame from when I started to the time I actually got drawn, and uh, so now I got to go basically anywhere in the state in all the seasons, so I can you know archery first, and then muzzleloader, and then modern firearm, and then there's a late archery too, uh, so I can go and and I get I still get one elk, uh, but it's gonna be.
0: Uh you have a lot of opportunities. Oh, I got a ton <laughs> of
1: yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm super jazzed up. I'm really jazzed. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, and
0: I think we probably talked about it before, but you know, looking around the uh we're here in the museum today. Right. And uh and uh, you know, that you have a moose here hanging up. Oh yeah. Um, but but do you have an elk? Uh
1: so I have uh out in the gun shop, we have four elk, I think. Four bulls ranch antler bulls and then i just have the one down here so i haven't i haven't killed a whole i mean i've killed a couple cows um you know maybe maybe five or six cows and, and then the same you know five i think six bulls uh once one, one spiked at my old man's house that was muzzle loader and then most have been with my rifle a couple with my bow um but compared to like deer i mean you look <laughs> down here and i mean i got freaking piles and piles and piles of mule deer and um you know blacktail too that you know i didn't get mostly i you know i I'm out just about everything but um not it, the blacktail. I well i had a bunch of black and i shot tons <laughs> and tons of black blacktailed does because that that was that's like my meat hunt you know <laughs> man those things are good uh, super good but um so anyways multi-season elk hunt super excited uh, they don't give out a ton, uh, so when you get drawn for that, then the the state graciously gives you the chance to say yay or nay uh, to purchase it. Because I think it's like one hundred and eighty six bucks or something like that.
0: Oh, okay, so you are not locked in yet,
1: right? Right. Until so you, yeah, yeah, it's like seven bucks or something to put in, um, which I am sure I'll get fact check on that, but it's. Uh, yeah. Then it's you know, like I said, then a lot of people won't buy it because it's like, oh, I don't want to pay almost 200 bucks for you know a, a tag in Washington just to hunt in a couple extra months. But uh, when you're an almost 40 year old man <laughs> and time is waning, I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm gonna pay that 186 bucks real quick, yeah, absolutely. So,
0: so why would somebody then put in for it and not want it? Would it just be like? I've always wanted that but this just isn't the right year type of thing or
1: Yeah, because on a lot of these draws um your your odds aren't great. So it's not like a guaranteed thing. So like uh a lot of guys will put in just for points, right? So there's an option just to buy a point in a certain draw and there's I don't know, hundreds of draws in Washington. Uh So for instance, like one year I knew that I was going to Alaska and I was going to Montana and I like being married. So I was like, well, I'm going to put, I'm just going to put in for points for everything. Right. So instead of putting, putting my, putting my name in the hat for uh, a mountain goat tag, right. Um, You can buy a point for that year, uh, which will add to your cumulative points and the more points you have. Technically, the state tells us <laughs> it's a you have a better chance of getting drawn, right? So, uh,
0: there's that one guy out there who's got like 30 points for oh, his, all season now, and he's just hating you right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> hating my
1: guts! Yeah, yeah. So it, it's uh it's you know it's one of those deals to where I'm I'm kind of past a point of just you know buying points just because. I know so many guys with so many more points than me that haven't been drawn. So I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring every year. And hopefully I get drawn. And if I get drawn, I'll just beg forgiveness for my wife. (laughs) And I'm just going to go. Because, like, a lot of these tags are once in a lifetime. Multi-season elk is not once in a lifetime. There's a lot of guys been drawn a bunch of times. But, you know, uh, moose and sheep and mountain goat, those are all once in a lifetime in Washington. Uh, So I figure – I'm just going to put in for everything, like like I did this year, you know. So I put in for, you know, Washington and Oregon and Idaho and Montana and Wyoming and North Dakota and all these states, right? Um, my odds are super low, super, super low of getting drawn. But if I get drawn, like, hey, man. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? You know, I'll buy my wife some... You know, some new <laughs> shoes and a purse and and uh, you know, a couple foot rubs. Some makeup or something. Some makeup, yeah, Heck, whatever <laughs> she wants, man. A pony, I don't know, yeah. you know.
0: Um well it, see, so I'm thinking in my head right now because I'm in the process of moving, uh just purchasing a house and that kind of thing, um after a couple years of uh renting. And so my wife and I were sitting around and we're like, Okay, well what, what do we want in a house? What you know, the bedrooms, the bathrooms, the living space, the yard, that kind of thing. Um, so I can imagine you when you got your tag and you realized, holy crap, I'm going to be shooting an elk. Uh, so, so what then goes through your head personally on that? What, what's the best options for you? You mentioned you could do it any of three ways in any of three seasons. So what, what goes through your head then as you're working through that?
1: Uh, dust off the bow. <laughs> Got to dust off the boat. <laughs> refer bow. back to that episode Yeah, <laughs> yeah, refer back to the Archer episode uh, No, honestly, I want to do them all And I really like um, I really like western Washington Roosevelt hunting um, Where
0: part, is that typically? Where you said uh, west, right?
1: <clears throat> right, so west and south And there is a herd up north But it's draw only Uh, So I'll probably put in, I'll put in for that. So that'd be a tag on top of the tag, right? Uh, But the, um, the Roosevelt's here, you can, so it's a, it's, the restrictions are three point minimum, right? So what that means is uh, on, you know, uh, on each side, right? You got a right antler, left antler on one side, it has to have three points minimum and a point is an inch or longer. Um, And, on the on the east side, the vast majority is spike only which I think is an absolute ridiculous rule and we'll do a we'll do an entire episode mm. on spike only hunting uh and some of its cows and there's nothing wrong with that you know, I just want an elk period, but if I have the opportunity to go shoot you know a branch antler bull like yeah. you know that's that's what I'm going for you know it'd be awesome, so I would love to um I'd love to shoot another one with my bow uh Obviously, you know, being a rifle builder, I would love to go shoot one, you know, at a long, long ways with my rifle as well. But um, it's just, it's not very conducive to shooting Roosevelt elk with a rifle, at least at long distance. I mean, you'll shoot one at 200 or 300 yards, but, you know, that's not, that's not what I want to do. So, um, so it'd be fun to go shoot one with my bow or the old smoke pole, you know, Uh, you can't see it, but it's right above your head on the backside of that beam. Can you see oh, that little yeah, deal yeah, hanging yeah. down there? Yeah, so the very first elk I ever shot, I shot with that muzzleloader, it's a 54 cal Hawken and
0: uh does it got a name? It got a it, nickname on that thing? You <laughs> know I don't I
1: don't have a nickname. I should. I really should. So it the uh people people at home are in their car can imagine this this muzzleloader and the uh
0: not like Elmer Fudd's No,
1: no, it's it's not like a blunderbuss, but it has a it has a, a a sling and like a a big fuzzy like butt pad recoil pad like old school like trapper look to it and I had taken uh I got the hide tanned it was a spike I shot over in Eastern Washington with my old man and I took that hide and I and I made all the uh, accoutrements for that for that rifle and it's, it's pretty. It's pretty freaking sweet, man.
0: Yeah. Well, I, maybe uh, maybe if I think about it, I'll put a picture up on the episode. There we go. Yeah. So people can check it out. Yeah. Know, it, uh, that's pretty sweet. So, so are you thinking about dusting that thing off? Too? I think so. You know, it's <laughs> been hanging on.
1: It's honestly, I bought this house in 2011. It's been hanging there since 2011. Wow. Yeah. I haven't I haven't shot it or even handled it since. So, uh, just because either I've been you know uh, modern firearm rifle hunting or I've been uh, archery hunting.
0: Now, when you're talking about, I'm thinking of an elk. And, and honestly, when you, when you see a herd of elk running away, Mm -hmm. um, as a, as as, coming from my background as being a hiker, it's a pretty cool thing to watch. Oh yeah. Now I'm picturing an elk that you're the one, the one you were looking at when you're looking at that house, you know, we're talking about, Oh, what do you want to see in a house? So I imagine this huge elk with this huge rack and you're trying to get close enough to shoot it with a bow. I would imagine there's there's got to be a tiny bit of fear in there somewhere too. I mean, almost like I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just me putting my fear onto you, right? But do you have that at all? I mean, because this is a huge animal with with basically a killing rack on top of it, right? What, what, what's 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 <laughs> say you about that?
1: Yeah, you, not so much elk. I mean, like they can. Don't get me wrong. Like in the rut, you know, like in uh, you know third week of September. When they're just totally out of their mind, you know, because it's breeding season. I mean, imagine if, uh, uh, apologize to the reader or the listeners real quick. Imagine you can only have sex for like one, uh, uh, one period of time during the whole year with your wife. Like, you would be a crazy person, right?
0: Hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I can't even imagine. So, uh, that's what elk are. So they have a breeding season, right? So it's a, it's the a rut, like I said, third week of September here, and they just go nuts. I mean, they go absolutely nuts, and uh, that's when they're super vocal. It's one of the best times to hunt uh, because they're, that's when there's the dumbest. You know, you make a sexy little cow call, meow, you know, and then <laughs> and then here comes this huge bull. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was a great cow call. By yeah, uh, uh, rewind, <laughs> rewind that and listen to that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, so. They they can absolutely I mean they're a huge massive animal you know they could I mean Roosevelt elk body size wise they're a thousand pounds eleven 1, hundred pounds I mean you know I'm a big dude at two sixty you know yeah. and they would smash me super easy so there is I mean a very small element but I, I I never I'm I've never been fearful elk hunting really you know except of like getting busted you know of like wind or. You know, like th- yeah, those are the types of things that you feel for fearful. You know, it's not like um, it's not like when you're uh like bear hunting or in your Alaska and there's grizzly bears around and stuff like that or brown bears. You know, that's that's like when you see when you're in the when you're in the not even so much black bears here, but maybe that's just me. But like uh being in an Alaska and seeing brown bears in the wild, and you're like 30 miles from the middle of nowhere. And that that's that's pretty scary. Yeah, it, just because they're yeah. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll kind of get
0: a little deeper into what you're talking about as far as these uh, uh, Roosevelt elk. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned like I don't want you to like give away. Well, hey, here's a spawner. Right, I'll be at <laughs> at a certain date. Coordinates. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as because I honestly had some feedback on on one of our episodes where you're talking about uh, hunting deer on Whidbey Island. Mm-hmm. Kind of talking about. You know, describing it with your own words is like maybe a rainforest and, and, you know, talking about the leaves and all those things. Right. So, what type of an area do you feel yourself hunting an elk in for this Roosevelt elk? What are, what is it going to be open field uh, in the mountains? What?
1: So, typically it's uh, Western Washington versus Eastern Washington. I know uh, for, for the millions and millions of, of listeners that we have uh, across the world. <laughs> Uh, if you could imagine like Eastern Washington is, is, um, we have desert over there. Uh, we have these big, huge open flats of sagebrush and it's like rock and it's kind of almost like barren looking Mars type landscape. I mean, there's timber and there's all kinds of stuff. We have mountains and everything else over there. But usually when you're hunting Western Washington, it is, it's, it's thick, it's, you know, forested uh it's think of evergreen trees big tall you know we have so
0: you're talking about lowland type of hunting then
1: yeah yeah so i'm not um i'm not hunting like up towards like the pacific crest trail or anything like that like it's usually more towards the coast um you know like if you if you google roosevelt elk sometimes you'll see pictures of these elk like on the beach you know on the pacific ocean which is crazy right um so it's a, it's a, it's just a it's a it's an incredibly unique hunting atmosphere for elk. I think the only other place really you can hunt like that. I mean, there's some in 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 Oregon and California. I think there's still some in California. They had some tule elk down there, but also up in um, uh, Canada, like Vancouver Island, and then in Southeast Alaska, they have some Roosevelt elk as well. Uh, but like you know, I can never go hunt in Canada because I can't afford an elk hunt up there you know an elk 25,000 bucks which is crazy right so if i can take my stick and string and go down you know say say we're in southwest washington southwest washington uh it's he- heavily forested sparsely populated um you know we're not talking seattle right we're talking like in the middle of nowhere like from uh Il Waco to montesano right a lot of a lot of
0: uh, undeveloped areas yeah, yeah it's
1: it's like it's it's uh it's really cool i mean it's really neat uh, a lot of a lot of timber um owned by timber companies there's uh you know dnr there's a lot of state ground in, in washington so um a lot of place where you can go hunt and then it's it's a totally different type of hunting than i'm accustomed to in eastern washington because i'm a spot and stock kind of guy right so i want to climb to the top of a mountain in glass and find my critter and then put my stock on it right Well, when you're hunting over here, it's, I mean, it's thick. I mean, we're talking like huge, like trees, like, you know, feet across. And the canopy is so thick that not a lot of light gets in. And so some of these spots will be. Um, like zero underbrush, right, which is really cool. And then you get to the edge, and then that's when all that crap starts growing up and you can't get through Mm -hmm. it, and it's a pain in the butt. But, um, you know, maybe this feeds out. Maybe there's some ag fields and some stuff like that or just some random meadows and things of that nature. Um, But there's a lot of elk in these types of areas, and it's a a really fun and difficult hunt. And part of the reason is it's – it's uh if you've ever been in a in a in a dense forest like that the wind is the most pain in the ass thing that you've ever had to deal with so like we have like little uh um, little wind indicator bottles right so imagine like basically dust in a little bottle that you can squeeze and it shoots a dust up in the air and then it goes and the last thing you want to see is you don't want it to go up and start circle tracking and going around you know or spinning or going one way and then going the other way and it's so the, the wind doesn't blow straight through the timber, right? It always swirls, and it does all kinds of stuff.
0: How have we been through this many podcasts, and you haven't mentioned this little spray bottle? <laughs> <with the dust>?
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, uh, so any, anybody anybody who hunts should always have a wind indicator, right? Yeah. So you go to Cabela's or wherever, local sports store, and it's just like a little bottle. And there's just like, you know, whatever is baby powder, talc powder, whatever they put in there, you know, like we've literally like scooped up fine dust or ash and put it in there and you shake it up and squirt it in the air and you just want to make sure, you know, it's like a golfer out on the golf course, you know, he picks up the grass and throws it in the air because when he hits his it's the ball is going to go one way or the other, right? Just like in long range shooting, you want to know which way the wind's going. Well, when you're hunting, you, you know, there's a million different scent control things and stuff like that. Long story short, it doesn't matter if you're breathing scent is coming out of you, right? And I don't know anyone who hunts it doesn't breathe. So your <laughs> your scent's coming yeah. out, right? Uh, so it goes west, and then it's going to go east, and it's going to go up, and it's going to go down, and it's going to go all around, and the next thing you know it hits an elk right in the nose, and poof, there they go, right? Mm. So you're you're done. So, so honey... You not like
0: see it, that stream going one way consistently.
1: Yeah, it never... There's a... It's like unless it's blowing 3,000 miles an hour, you know, and blowing straight through, the wind doesn't blow through the forest in a straight line, right? Because there's all the trees and the turbulence and the, all the different stuff, right? So it's, it's difficult, number one, to sneak up on an elk in the forest uh, over there. It's nice hunting because most of it, like we were talking about before, it's, uh, it's western Washington. We get a ton of rain. Uh, it's it's usually wet and damp, so it's soft. So it's really nice, soft walking. That's really good because you're not making any noise. The bad part is, uh, elk don't make any noise either, right? So you're not gonna you're not gonna hear them. I mean, you could literally have an elk walk twenty feet away, and you you would never hear it. They're it's so s- weird with the size. So oh, dude, yeah, a like thousand these. pound animal making no noise. That's scary yeah. when you think about that. Oh, yeah. now you're scared. Now I'm scared. Oh, yeah. I'm scared because I'm not gonna see them, right? <laughs> so. uh, there's there's a couple different you have to change you have to change the way you hunt over there which is uh which is difficult and exciting all at the same time you know because i'm i'm used to like i said spot and stock hunting uh i hate i'm not a tree stand guy i don't have the patience for it um some guys will set up tree stands over there and that's an effective way to hunt over there it's just not the kind of hunt that i like to do so i just don't do that uh but it's um there's a lot of a lot of miles you'll put in you know getting off roads and and uh up and over mountains and finding good spots and you know a lot of people hunt in washington too so it's not like you're going to be the only guy out in the woods so it's one of those deals to where you know people ask me what's the biggest thing what's the biggest piece of advice you could give me when i go hunting as a new hunter go find a spot get off the road you know go get a mile off the road you're going to get into critters like it doesn't matter where you're at and that's where the Onyx, you know, maps comes into play because you can find spots again, you know. Onyx, feel free to give us a sponsor any yeah, time, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Throw us a bone over here. But it is a it is it's an incredible tool because I can say, okay, well, here's a road here. And you think, you know, in the old days you'd be like, all right, well, this looks like a great spot and I'm going to hike up one over there. And next thing you get over the top and there's a, there's a freaking housing development or another road, you know, the worst thing you want to do is start hiking and then next thing you know you think you're in a great spot and boom you hit a road and you're just like ah oh, god cuz a road means someone can drive up that road and you know Spook out. yeah like it's just you know when i when i go hunting i want i want the largest amount of area obviously you know i want to be successful and you want a high probability but uh, you know i just i like being i like the idea of just being able to hike as far as my feet will carry me and not cross a road or run into private ground or or just that, that unknown of any type of, I mean, any critter could be there, you know? So in Washington State, you buy your big game combo, and it so you have a, you have a, uh, it comes with small game. You can get it with a small game. Then you have it like it's a, you get your deer, your elk, your bear, your cougar, your small game. So basically, when you go into the woods and say it's elk season and you're hunting with your bow, um, Uh, august bear opens up so you can you're hunting bear too right Ah, and cougars open and so you're hunting cougar and we have cougar all over the state Mm -hmm. and uh you know small game so you know maybe you you uh run across uh a coyote or you run across some grouse or you know all these things so it's like I just like the idea of going out there and having all these possibilities, you know. Well,
0: especially with, since you have an all year tag, yeah, you can actually go for those things and not be like, "Man, I'm not going to get my elk now." Right. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, now because you have that tag, and you've got the the bear tag, can you get both in the same? Oh yeah. Un- okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure.
1: Yeah. So a lot of guys. Um, it's a, a lot of meat. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bear ribs are so good. Uh-huh. Uh And elk ribs, and there's a. Uh, there's a lot of – so uh, to piggyback on the old Meat Eater podcast, uh, they put out a new cookbook, and they he's always uh, – old uh, Giannis is always posting, like, pictures of different stuff and food that they're cooking, right? And so I want to try a couple different recipes and a couple different cuts and things like that that you need to kind of plan for before you go out and harvest an oh, animal okay. to bring back, and that way you can have, like, these super fancy, you know, like – uh, you know, do like almost like a crown roast type deal or do, you know, all these fancy yeah. dishes. And I'm like, man, I'm getting jazzed up to go shoot some critters. Well,
0: you got to know that in the field when you're actually doing the cutting. Right,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. because there's there's certain ways, you know, like there's a, there's a way that I cut my meat, say if I'm way, way back and I'm going to bone everything out and pack it out, uh, which is legal here and it's uh, totally fine as long as you just get all the, the heat out of the meat because it's not legal in some states, so uh, know your rules. But – uh typically there's no bone right there's no bone or anything because i'm cutting everything out you know i'm not packing the rib cage out i'm just cutting the rib meat out and everything's going in a bag um but on some of these some of these deals like last year uh, when I shot that whitetail, I packed out the whole rib cage mm. and came home and made whitetail ribs, and it was awesome, you know? <laughs> and so, and, and bears, like when I shoot a bear, oh, I will never leave. I mean, I'm going to go sniff it. It's come August. I'm going to go sniff into the woods trying to find people that don't take their bear ribs, you know, and go hack them <laughs> off. They're so good. They're super good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so things like that.
0: Are you allowed to do that? Uh,. <laughs> That's I want to g- promote something that's. I know, sca-
1: scavenge wise. Can you? You know, what? I don't see why you couldn't.
0: Well, you know <laughs> that Cantrell outdoors guy. Yeah, that guy's out there cutting <laughs> freaking
1: bear ribs out of guys, bears and stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, that's a good. You know what? Legally, I did- I'm not going to say that. Uh, I'm not going to say that uh, I I wouldn't not knowing, but yeah, you should probably know the rules and regulations. But I don't know. That's a good yeah, question. interesting. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, let's get back, because I don't know if, if okay. any of the listeners care about this or not, <laughs> right. but, but, but we're talking about that that, that wind spray stuff. Um, okay. Are there people that have different theories about that as far as what to use? Because, uh, you know, I kind of wonder, like, like is uh, you know, if you do if you do hit the wrong wind on an elk or something, and it's got that baby powder smell or you right. know, whatever it is, and they're like, oh, man, you know, that kind of thing. Like, is that a good thing or a bad thing?
1: So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that hunt. And there's a lot of opinions on everything. And, you know, like the old the old school guys that went out in their blue jeans and their red flannel and a cigarette, right, and they say, oh, you know, I shot 100 elk, you know, and, you know, look what I'm wearing and I don't need camo and I don't need wind indicator. Well, some of these guys, true story. So from one of my hunting camps, one of the old guys said he used to smoke a cigarette and just watch where the smoke mm. would go, right? Well... Yes, that will work. Uh, Number one, I don't advise anyone to smoke because I think it's a terrible habit. Number two, uh, you know, if an elk smells a cigarette... I don't think that there's, like, bears or porcupines walking around the woods smoking cigarettes, so they're going to know it's a human, you know. Yeah, and It's they're, a pretty
0: obvious smell, too. I mean, e- I shouldn't say obvious, but it's protruding. Right, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's not like it, it dissipates, you know. I can be 100 yards away from somebody who's smoking a cigarette, and I can smell it. Now, if you're just breathing, I'm not going to smell your breath, you know. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, se- scent control is obviously important, but... Um, the knowing where your knowing where your wind is going you can it will help mitigate a lot of your your you don't have to worry about your scent as much basically because if you stink like you know like when i go on these 28 day hunts you know i'm wiping down with like you know baby wipes and mm-hmm. hand sanitizer or whatever you know trying to kill my stink but you're just going to still you're still going to smell right so yeah. you just need to know where the wind's going and so like i always carry like the you know i don't know what they're called little snuffer bottles or whatever but i'm always you know constantly checking the wind you know and you squeeze it and oh you know well crap and that'll change the plan for the day right so say for instance like there's a there's a there's a draw in montana that i love to hunt First thing in the morning, it's a great spot to sit. You can see a long ways and you can shoot a long ways. So it's this is modern firearm, right? And I mean you can see, you can see for miles and miles and miles and miles. And I like to sit there in glass and glass and glass and pick out critters. And uh it's been a productive spot. So I'll sit there um at the where where we park at, and you got to hike in a couple miles. But it's a, I walk up a draw, like I don't ever walk the ridge line, you know, you don't want to stick out like a sore thumb, if there's critters there, they're going to see you a mile away. But the first thing I'll do is I'll check the wind, you get in there and see which way if the wind is blowing up that valley, that I'm going to hike up. And then I it's like the valley goes up, bends to the right, and then I go over the top of this ridge line. And right on the backside of that, there's two little saddles. And I sit on that bottom little saddle. But if the wind is going up, a lot of times, It'll 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 go around. It follows that bend to the right, but it goes up over that ridge and then down. It goes. So whatever critter is over the edge of that ridge, they're gonna know
0: way before you.
1: Way way before. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it's like uh, I don't I don't know the. I'm sure someone could point this out, but I don't know the like the percentage of of how many times better they smell than us. But it's ridiculous. Like you know, I've I've literally watched. You know, I've been glassing. And watch something wind me like a half a mile away, wow. you know, eight hundred yards. It's a long, long ways, right? Um, and just and just watch them, you know. And and not you know, we're not talking like the wind will maybe blow on some roundabout way and it comes sweeping around and it hits them in the nose, and you can tell, and they boop, and that's it, you know.
0: Well, I, I, I was hearing somebody talk about that once before, and and this is a dog, not not mm-hmm. uh, you know, wild animal, right? Well, I mean. Obviously, dogs came from wild animals, but right. anyway, um, they described that when we're driving by and you can't even see a porcupine, you can smell, I mean, a, a skunk, and you can smell it. Right. They said that's how dogs are with humans. Really? Like, as far as how they can smell us. Oh, okay. All and right. that's kind of an interesting, and I don't know, I, I heard that somewhere, and I can't put right. it, you know truth to it or whatever, back it up, but but yeah, I mean, that's kind of an interesting way to think about it. Like, that's a huge difference. Like, that's cool. Right. Whoa. They're smelling us like that. Like, that's big. You know, right. you can go up to somebody's dog and say, Hey, put your hand out so you can smell it. Like, right. well, that's BS, man. It, you know, right. I can, if the skunk was this close spraying, I could smell it. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of funny.
1: This guy smells like meat and whiskey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Please rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at IWillHuntPodcast. Same on Facebook and Twitter. Check out the website at IWillHunt.com, and you can always send us ideas or feedback. IWillHuntPodcast at gmail.com. This episode featured Chris Cantrell. Follow him on Instagram at Cantrell Outdoors. Thanks to Jack Mattingly and the Whiskey Fever for creating a theme song for the show. Check them out at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Tell me who you see
1: there waiting in the grass Silent like a graveyard, lakes a sheet of glass And I will hunt till I find what I'm looking for And I will hunt from the heartland to the shore And I may not find nothing and my rifle turns to rust I will hunt